It's Tuesday, June 11th, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, recently, Dr. Rick was able to sit down with Axia De Lopez at the Christian Alliance for Orphans Conference, which happened in the first part of May in Louisville, Kentucky. Axia De Lopez was born in Guatemala, where she has lived all of her life. She is married to Pastor Alex Lopez, and together they have four children, two of which entered in their home through adoption. And since that time, the Lopez's have become a voice for the vulnerable child in Guatemala and throughout Latin America. Axia is a board member of the ACH, which is the Christian Alliance for Orphans in Spanish. She's a newly Lifeway author, blogger, and speaker. So we hope that you enjoy this interview with Dr. Rick and Axia De Lopez. All right. Welcome again to the Defender Podcast. This is Rick Morton sitting in for Herbie Newell. Um, Excited today to have an opportunity at uh, CAFO 2019 in Louisville, Kentucky, um, to, uh, to sit down with a guest that, um, that we've really been anticipating having here on, on the Defender podcast. And so Aisha D. Lopez um, is a, an orphan care advocate, um, a, a minister of the gospel in Guatemala, an author, um, and, and an adoptive mom. And, uh, and so we are, we are so pleased to have you today. Thanks for, for taking a few minutes to, to talk with us. Oh, quite a pleasure. Thank God for, you know, technology, but it, it, it did something to me today. And so I was late, but thankfully we're here. It, all that matters is, is that we're, <laughs> we're able to get together and, uh, and be able to spend, spend a little bit of time uh, talking. So, thank but thank you so much. And, and we, uh, we had the opportunity last year um, to hear from you in, in one of the plenary sessions here at CAFO. And our team was just incredibly encouraged. Um, at uh, you know, at your story and your heart for the gospel, and really just wanted to, to have an opportunity oh. just to be able to to share that with uh, you know with the folks that are um, that are listening to the Defender podcast. Well, praise God! I'm always surprised when they invite me to tell anything because from my little you know spot in the in, on the earth, I see many people doing amazing things, and you consider it you know small a very small little speck but the lord is just so gracious absolutely <laughs> and and the fact that god even allows us oh, the you know the privilege to yes. um to step into these in, into these roles and places yeah. is yeah. um you know it's pretty humbling so yes amen yeah well so um so you are from guatemala yes and uh, and Guatemala is is a place and a, and a country that has a huge place in, in the heart of many of our listeners, and and so would love to to just um, first of all I think just would love for you to tell us a little bit of your story. Um, you know, alluded to the fact that you're an adoptive mom, but there's yeah. a whole bunch in that story <laughs> of your family and yeah. and all of that. And so, yeah. um, well, I'm I'm married to a pastor. And uh, my husband is the son of a very prominent and well-known pastor in Guatemala City. And uh, so it's a pretty big congregation. And we got married. We had children, biological children, uh, without no problems. But my husband had testicular cancer when he was younger. And so there wasn't a real risk of us not conceiving biologically. But we talked about it and said, you know, what if we can't? 
And so the we were open to the idea of adoption when we were dating, back when we were dating. And then when we got married, had the children, we had a boy and a girl. So culturally, I had no reason to adopt. Mm. You know, people would say, and still do say stuff, you know, very shallow comments like, but you make very cute babies. You should, you know, why do you go to the trouble of adoption, you know? And so um, anyway, we, I, I think, you know, it was all God's doing, but um, we pursued adoption when our biological kids were around eight and 10 years old. And uh, I just saw God moving through my children, my husband, and we came to face to face with the, with all that the system um, does to you. Mm. And, and so, um, but I have to mention that um, it, it's a parallel road between my insatisfaction in religion and, you know, self-righteousness and, and self-struggle because I failed at being a, a good Christian girl. Mm. I really did. Um, and so I didn't, I never quite fit in. I didn't grow up Christian. Mm. And so um, being a pastor's wife and failing at it, at least in my categories, uh, self-set, you know, I, I self-inflicted that damage. And the culture did as well. I cannot, you know, remove that from the equation, but my, my hunger for doing God's will only only came after I knew who God was mm. in his in his big story because I used to read the Bible as something that I had to do and you know it was a very good idea you know God and the Son and the Holy Spirit but I didn't really really get a grip of what the gospel was mm. when that started to happen and I started listening to good teaching and you know getting exposed to good books and good theology and maybe I was before, but the timing of the Lord was that. And um, I started to grow in my understanding of who Jesus was and wh why he really did it mm. on the cross. You know, adoption just came to be a natural, <laughs> you know, fruit of that. And, I, and, you know, it's almost like God reminded me and said, hey, 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 remember? Remember you said about adoption? And so the Lord brought us to a point where it was a, a real possibility mm. and, and something we persuaded. And through all the pain that it uh, put us through, uh, the Lord was working something bigger. It's always like that. It's never about your own little plan or your own little family or your own little congregation. It's mm -hmm. always about someone else, about many other children were involved in the scenario. So I became involved as a volunteer with Christian Alliance for Orphans in Guatemala, which is ACH. Those are the you know initials to what it uh, is the name in, in Spanish and so I became a volunteer and then little by little I became you know someone that was a very vocal advocate and I started um, letting go of responsibilities inside the congregation mm. and I said to my husband you know I know that there are probably 10,000 ladies that could do what I am do with women's ministry here but there are only so many adoptive moms mm. that are pastor's wives mm. in Latin America that can actually use their influence to speak for the voiceless. So it just it grew into me being a board member with ACH and so now I'm uh, really really uh, involved in that and I think uh, you know it's 
my ministry is basically orphan care and or, you know, orphan advocacy and family advocacy. And well, uh, I forgot to mention that we set out to adopt once. And when we got matched to our little girl, she was six, and we we got to know her situation, and and uh, she was part of a of a group of twenty kids mm. when adoption when international adoptions shut down in mm -hmm. Guatemala. She was part of that group that got left behind. I mean, wow. or stuck in the, between you know red tapes, or or never even started the process. So she was part of a very unique group of, of kids mm -hmm. in this it was a private home and so there were 20 of them and i understood that this was like uh you know just ripping them apart because sure. they'd grown up together but every one of them had a different situation so when we met her we met another little girl she was at the time eight years old and she was up for adoption everything was like in place and so we, I looked at her, and then I didn't say anything. It's a lot, you know. It's a long, long story. Every adoption story is. But anyway, we started uh, thinking about this other little girl, mm. and she really needed us. And so we persuaded um, her adoption in Guatemala. You can't pick a child. Mm. You know, the government does the matching, and you right. say yes or no or whatever. And so, but we, we fought for her mm. and it was legal because they grew up together. So mm. it was like a, a sibling situation, even though there weren't biologically mm -hmm. siblings. So that was like a, a plus in our case. And so she came home a year later uh, than her sister. Wow. And so it, we planned one adoption, but we ended up doing it twice. Wow. So uh, now it's four kids and two adults and three dogs. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and a lot of help. I'm not going to make myself sound like Mother Teresa, okay? Right. I'm not. I have a lot of help. Absolutely. Yes. And, and we all need that, right? Yes. Like that's yes. a... That's a that's a significant portion Absolutely. I think of every healthy adoptive family's yes. journey. Yes. And uh, well, I, I love it. I I was reminded, you know, even as you were talking, uh, my 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 good friend Tony Marita says a lot about, you know, about adoption yes. that you know that we we that, that we adopted not because of biology, we adopted because of theology. Yes. And yes. and just loving that idea that Amen. that the that that the Lord's working in your life mm -hmm. was as a response to reading good books and, and, <laughs> yes. you know, and, and mm -hmm. studying God's word deeply mm -hmm. and reflecting on theology mm -hmm. and, um, and, and that's so much a part mm -hmm. of, of what we want to, mm -hmm. you know, want to invest in the families that we work yes. with, that we want to yes. come alongside mm -hmm. to say that, you know, that, that what the Lord is accomplishing here, yes, it is, it is a wonderful thing to bring a child into our family and to, you know, and, and to be able to parent, but, but in that in that greater sense to um, to adopt or to foster or to to be involved in orphan care in mm -hmm. some way mm -hmm. um, ultimately because it's important to our father that's right and and that's because right. and because God has has modeled for us mm -hmm. something um, and to be able yeah. to get to be part of that story mm -hmm. and that's so right. I love that as you know as part of as part of your story I'm, I'm really curious um, because that had to be a tough experience to, you know, to sort of, um, you know, have your theology challenged a little bit yeah. and to, to wrestle. And I know yeah. there have to be mm -hmm. people that are, you know, that are listening to our podcast mm -hmm. that are that are kind of questioning or mm -hmm. kind of walking through, mm -hmm. um, 
really trying to reconcile their faith and trying to, yep. you know, come to, to a place of, of feeling stable mm-hmm. in, you know, in who they are in the Lord. And yep. I, I'm just like, I, I'd love for you to just unpack that a little bit and say <laughs> yeah. like, what, how did the, how did yeah. the Lord work through that yeah. in, in your experience? Yeah. Well, it just, it's not enough, you know, uh, shallow, um, self-improvement theology, if you can call it that, mm-hmm. or, you know, um, self-focused uh, approach to Christianity is no Christianity, mm-hmm. you know, in the end, and it's, it won't satisfy you. <laughs> so I always thank the Lord that I flunked at being good, because <laughs> if, 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 if I got away with my goodness, then I probably would have fooled myself. Right. And that's a really tough spot to be in. So I flunked and I, and I praise the Lord for it. So my context is a lot of prosperity gospel mm-hmm. um, and a lot of self-focused, um, you know, teaching and self-motivation and self-improvement, legalism. Mm-hmm. And so even though, um, you, you know, I'm not part of a, of a congregation that outright, you know, na- names it and claims it, mm-hmm. the culture is very much... Mm drenched in that right so but at the end of the day it doesn't it doesn't add up it can't mm. it, it just the reality just challenges that bad theology right you don't have to go very deep to see that the world is broken and that orphans cannot you know just name it and claim it you, right. you right. it just doesn't work you can try it but it won't work so, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a combination of things. And God takes care of the details mm. for you to know that, that, you know, no, 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 this is a dead end. Mm. And so I was basically just dissatisfied, mm. you know, and I don't want to blame it on anyone, but my lack of, of going to the Bible myself, mm. you know. So um, it will challenge you. In, in, it doesn't matter what context you're in. It will challenge yourself and your flesh Mm -hmm. always. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible will do that. It'll call you to hard places because that's what our Savior does. That's awesome. I think, you know, I'm I'm drawn to remember, you know, there's that there's that thing that Spurgeon you know, said a lot about, about being pursued by the hounds of heaven, you know, <laughs> yes. and, and, and I, and yes. I think just, you know, like, like yes. praise the Lord for those opportunities Amen. where God doesn't, <laughs> God doesn't leave us in yes. those places. Yes. He doesn't disregard us, but yes. he's, but he's patient and kind mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. to pursue us. Even when that pursuing doesn't, doesn't yes. feel very good, even yes. when it's not, you know, very pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, as an adoptive parent, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the things that, that, that we wrestle with is this is not a fairy tale. No, <laughs> like no. this is you know this is yeah. this is full on warfare, yeah. and and yeah. and to and so so that theology breaks down pretty quickly yeah. Yeah. Um, because because the, the the prosperity gospel gets left in the rear, rear yeah. view mirror right. you know really quickly. Yeah, and you know what I've seen with the work with ACH and other ministry partners down in Guatemala, uh, Somos, mm-hmm. uh, you know, come from a very beautiful. Uh, church plant that started a few years ago in Guatemala City and we've partnered in training groups and you know mm-hmm. any people any lay person from church can say I can do I, I have to do something what can I do and so we we invite them to a workshop called mosaic and it's just a crash course on reality we don't embellish it we just 
we say this is the numbers in Guatemala, this is the situation, this is the truth, da, 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 and this is the truth of the Bible. You know, you'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to even fight with people. Mm. And we have people involved now in orphan care from so many different congregations. It's wow. a joy. That's awesome. And they're questioning their theology on their own because of the trainings that we do, trauma-competent care. Mm. It just doesn't match. Mm. So the Lord is doing a deeper work than the cause. And that's the most beautiful thing. Because at ACH, we, we really take care to focus on the most important thing last year the theme was in, at capo summit was the most important thing and i and i thought how are they gonna uh, outdo this because mm -hmm. it was like so <laughs> amazing like so perfect and this year they they pulled it off absolutely in beauty and brokenness it is well yeah it, it's beautiful it's amazing it's the truth and so when you lay that out not only in theory and in teaching and in training your own family mm. people get to see your struggle people get to see you cry people get to see your joy when your kid you know does something and, and progresses in some way so you lay it out and it's deeper than just your family and and a cause and getting things done and advancing and this and that it's a deep hard work mm. heart it's it's a matter of the heart in the end that's yeah that's incredible i think you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of drawn to reflect even, you know, even as, as you were talking about the, the, the fact that, I mean, how much is it like our father mm -hmm. to, to use yes. orphans as, as the most unlikely, yes. most improbable yes. group of people on the planet in yes. order to challenge the faith mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and deepen the understanding of the gospel Absolutely. of the church. And, and that, you know, here these kids are who, who the world looks at and says they, they have, you know, they have no standing, they have no voice, they have no importance. Yeah. And, and to see the way that the church in Guatemala is being drawn more deeply into the gospel because of, um, because of God yeah. using you know yeah. orphans that's just it's it, so fun it, yeah it's a, it's a very very you know surprising turn of events and this is the thing you look back in in church history in guatemala and it's not like churches aren't going into orphanages for right. example but if you're humble enough to listen to what kids really need mm -hmm. it's not piñatas and, and cake mm -hmm. Yeah. So if if you're humble enough to really train yourself in trauma, if you do that right, it's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. It's gonna crumble. Your your assumption of things is gonna crumble, and that's where it starts. Because orphan, you know, activism and and stuff, it's there. Even you know, some young people still you know dream about. Oh, I want to open up an orphanage. Yeah. And we're like, oh, really? Oh, come to our workshop and, you know, just listen to us and then tell me if you still plan that. Right. So we're not saying that they're not needed. I'm not anti or, but you get the idea. Absolutely. We have a very standardized illusion of what kids need. And so, but if you're humble, if you go to scripture and, and really mm -hmm. deeply ask the Lord, what is it that I need to do? It's always going to be deeper than you thought and it's always going to be challenging your good intentions absolutely yeah yeah that's that's incredible so i'm i'm curious um and and i'd, I'd love to know how 
how can our listeners be praying for the church in Guatemala? Oh, thank uh, you. In, in, uh, particularly thank in this you. area of responding to yes. the orphan. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's go, let's go back, back, back to basics and pray for pulpits to, to get, get lit. Mm. Mm. Pray for men of God to be lit. If the pulpit is straightened, mm. everything else will fall like a domino effect. If the pastor stands there and opens the Bible and honors the text, if you do that, everything else will fall into place. I can't even begin to, to speak about orphan care. I, you know, if, if, I can, if I can dream about a, a movement of prayer for Guatemala, I pray for pastors to be, to, to open their eyes, mm. for the Lord to open their eyes to the gospel, to the big picture of scripture, and then everything will start to happen. And we're seeing it. Mm. We're seeing a revival. And it's, it's a hard thing. That shift, that paradigm shift mm. is, is, is tough. I see it in our own congregation. It's difficult. I am constantly in a place of discomfort and it feels like it's burning sometimes, mm -hmm. but I'd rather have this kind of trouble. Mm. I really, I mm. really do. We, you know, I, a lot of times um, encounter churches here in the U.S. that are, that are struggling with how to get their church involved in orphan care and, and hear a lot of people saying, well, like we really can't get our pastor on board. Mm. You know, we're really mm -hmm. struggling. And, and, mm -hmm. and so it, it's led over the years to, to yeah. kind of ask the same questions to people. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. the first one is usually like, what have you done? Mm -hmm. And, and the answer is a lot of times, well, we've, we've taken him on a trip. We've, we've shown pictures. Mm -hmm. We've talked about statistics and, and, and my, you know, my question, kind of the go-to question has, has started to be, well, like how much have you prayed? Yeah. You know, yep. because, because we, you know, we're, we're, we're told in the Psalms that, you know, that, that God holds the heart of Kings in his hand That's right. and directs, you know, directs the heart of Kings, mm -hmm. um, like a stream. Yeah. And, and yet, um, we want to work so hard to convince someone instead of getting on our faces yeah. before God and, and asking God to yeah. do, to do work. And I, I mm -hmm. think, um, I'm thankful for a story like yours because it, because it, it, it reminds me of my own story. It reminds me of, of the story of so many of the people mm -hmm. that I've heard that are listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. and, and we can all go back to those places and say, there was a point where I didn't understand this. And there was a point where I really didn't understand the gospel, yep. but, but God was patient mm -hmm. and, and God drew me yes. and God yes. changed me. Yes. And, and so, um, so let's pray for the pastors yes. of Guatemala. Let's yes. pray for the pastors of, of America, pray yes. for the pastors of the world to, to recover a sense of, of, you know, biblical urgency mm -hmm. in this area, mm -hmm. um, because ultimately it's going to help us to know our Amen. father better. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed talking to you. Absolutely. Well, we, we appreciate it and, uh, let's do this again. You got it. Hopefully this interview was insightful for you and you were able to learn more about what is going on in Latin America, specifically in Guatemala on behalf of vulnerable children. And hopefully the Lord will use this interview and others to prick your heart for ways that you can get engaged with the fatherless to be a defender. 
Well, thanks for listening to Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.